Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. All right, let's roll. Game Time Decisions, Red Heat Rage Radio. I am Gabriel Morenzi. Sit alongside the Raging Redhead Cab Stort. As we come on just a moment uh, following another really, really crazy day of World Cup action. Extremely uh, crazy. Uh, late uh, plot twists and turns. And um, really, Iran nearly crashed uh, the party and knocked Portugal out. Cristiano Ronaldo actually missed a penalty kick. When it was all said and done, uh, Spain were on the ropes against Morocco. All day long, both games end up in draws. Uh, both uh, Spain and Portugal matched each other all the way through. Uh, yet uh, Spain, Spain advances and uh, wins the group. Portugal advance uh, just uh, barely. And uh, that late uh, goal cost a lot of people a lot of money around the world. As we all know, uh, soccer is the most bet sport in the world. All those clean sheet uh, plays, um you know, fortunately, the under stayed under in the Portugal and Iran game, and it nearly didn't uh, in the most part. Morocco and Spain <clears throat> sail over the number, and <clears throat> Uruguay uh, cashes. Uh, we cashed that ticket with Uruguay to win Group A as uh, Russia comes back down to earth. Yeah. Reality Big check time. for the Russians today. Per- great performance by Uruguay. They jumped on them early and often, 3-0 to nil win, Gabe, and that is good for the parlays, good for everybody. The thing with Uruguay is... You know, Uruguay are like that uh, football team when I'm talking about NFL football team uh, because, you know, they get upset that uh, it's called soccer in these parts of the world. Uh, but we'll call it soccer still, just not to confuse people. But Uruguay Cam are like a, uh, a football team that they run the ball, they sack the quarterback. They're almost like, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars, except they're not uh, Louis Suarez is better than uh, Blake Bortles. A lot better. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yes. Like, they're like a nasty team. Yeah. Like, it's hard to play Uruguay. They're very, very physical. Um, a lot of people say they're dirty. Look, Suarez has bitten somebody before, right? Like, they... If you're, bu- if you're busting out teeth... Like, Portugal yeah. will bite you. They will elbow you. They will trip you. Like, they will... They're not like a soft team by any stretch of the imagination. Uruguay. They want to they fight you. They play hard football. They play hard soccer. They have skills... Uh, with Cavani and uh, with Suarez, they've got enough uh, up front to get it done. They buried their opportunities, and they're extremely difficult to score on. Look, they played three games, three clean sheets. Um, Uruguay are going to be a tough out. It was a little bit of a worry because, of course, uh, Russia racked up eight goals in the first two games, but Uruguay takes care of business. Uh, we just cashed another parlay with Iran not uh, qualifying, actually. <laughs> uh, so some of the monies are starting to come back uh, with the um, – the World Cup future parlays uh, that we played, except we have too much money on Argentina right now, and it's to the point where I think a hedge should should actually almost be in order. 
And I, you know, I don't believe in hedges. You know, I've always no, said no, you, you like to let it roll, but uh, hedge hedging's for gardeners. All right, <laughs> hedging's for Johnny Depp and uh, and uh, that Burton dude that does the weird movies. Oh, Edward Scissorhands. Tim, Tim Burton. Yeah, Tim Burton. <laughs> Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> you a fan of that movie? <laughs> well, it was actually not too bad. Yeah, it's well done. Yeah, but I it's, thought it was pretty good. It's just kind of freaky. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not in a freaky. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of sharp hands. Strange, because I'm a freaky dude in real life. But yeah, I'm never. You know, not really down with a guy with uh, knives for 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 hands and fingers and thumbs. Oh no, Edward. <laughs> yeah. Ed, so normally, chop chop. Normally, I'm not into hedging, but the fact of the matter is, well, sometimes hedging smart. Fact of the matter is, we've got a lot of parlays, man, with uh, with Argentina involved uh, here, and a lot of money at stake with Argentina uh, involved. Like thousands of dollars with Argentina involved. And look, I don't mind sweating out Germany. We sweat out Germany the other day. It was a real sweat job. That was intense. Backs against the wall, but the Germans got it done. Now, listen, the Germans aren't, uh, they're not, uh, they're not out of trouble yet, uh, Germany, but they're in a much better position than they were in a couple of days ago. The question is, I don't know, can Argentina even win? Like, if they, if they can win, if they win, they most likely get in, but. I'm not sure they can even win, Ken. I'm not either. Can they win? Can they beat Nigeria? They should be able to beat Nigeria. Nigeria's look pretty good, though. Like, if we would have said this, like, you know, two weeks ago, yeah. if somebody would have said, yeah, Argentina, are they going to beat Nigeria? You'd be You'd like, say, yes. Of course they are. But Yes. Like, Nigeria are good, but they're not on Argentina's level. But Argentina is really, you know, Argentina, like, I'm not sure they would beat Canada right now. No, they're flaky. They look really bad in the tournament. Uh, Nigeria's rolling. They're fast. They're playing with confidence. But as you saw, though, Gabe, look at Russia the first couple games, dominating, and then Uruguay punched them right back in the face. So how do you know? Like, That's the thing, right? Uh, Cam's uh, World Cup breakdowns of Nigeria. They're rolling and they're fast. They're a very, very quick team. Very quick. Score a lot of goals. I'll tell you. Uh, they can score goals. Uh, they can score goals. They didn't score any goals in the first game. They can score goals, and they could score goals against Argentina. The thing with Nigeria, Cam, is... They're very flashy and stuff, but they score goals against bad teams. Like Iceland fell apart against them. That wasn't they a good don't game. Do that. Yeah, it wasn't a good game for Iceland. Argentina should be able to take them apart. It's just yeah, it's hard to trust them. What you've seen so far. I don't have a hell of a lot of confidence in them, man. There's a lot of money at stake here too. We're gonna have to seriously consider a hedge. Yeah, we're gonna have to. So Nigeria and Argentina play tomorrow. Argentina are minus 182 favorites. Nigeria are plus 182, which is somewhat kind of deceptive, actually. Now, to qualify, Argentina are minus 138. So that's what I'm saying. So to not to qualify, Argentina are plus 100 right now. There's a way out. You can sort of just tap out. No moss. Yep. Pull a Roberto Duran. No moss. No more. <laughs> Do you think they're going to win the game? I don't know. I really don't know. Okay, well, that's the answer I was looking for was yes or no, and then if we go, I think they, if we go yes, we ride the well, ball. They supposedly if we go no, then uh, they we supposedly out. have the best player in the world. Supposedly, he's not playing like the best no. player in the world. Thing with Argentina is they've been given like a reprieve three times now. Like now, here's another chance for them. I'm not so sure they even want that chance because now, like, if they don't, like, they were already under the gun, Ken. You know, like what a guy in the media told the coach uh, during the press conference the other day? 
He said, uh, are you aware that uh, there are 40 million Argentinians hold, who hold you personally responsible for this? That's not good. Like the, like the, the, the country's on the verge of, of, of exploding. Not, not, Revolt. Not, yeah, not, not a good type of exploding. No. Like a, vi- a violent explosion <laughs> yeah, of anger, fists. There's a lot of pressure on Argentina. Oh, there sure is. But they don't like the coach, which is, you know. They're not going to roll over, though, just because you don't like a coach, right? They get the win. I don't know, man. I, 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 they, they should get it done. But, like, what's the head situation if you do the math? Like, how are we, how does it work? That's, that's the question. What are we uh, getting back in compared to it? Well, it's pretty, pretty much like even. Mm. It's pretty much just a bailout at this point. It's an even bailout. I, you know, like I said, I don't believe in hedging. I generally let let everything ride, and for the most part, I'll let this ride. But I didn't really want to have thousands of dollars on Argentina. I've got oh. a couple of my own parlays worth like twelve hundred bucks on this. Tomorrow's going to be quite the sweat job. I believe the game's at two o'clock uh, tomorrow. Nigeria and Argentina. Me personally, I just want to get this um, this group stage over with as well. Exactly. The the soccer will get a little bit better as we move on. You got to you know listen. These games have been pretty entertaining. For you know they've been weird. There's been some of them are blowouts. Some of them are you know late drama, late. But um, we'll get we'll get to the knockout stages, and then business will start to pick up, and we'll start to get our first uh, penalty kick eliminations as well. And you know what's going to happen? They start to uh, really get loose with the injury time. Like four becomes five, five becomes six. It's like it's not like a total counter where you go six and count it all the way down. They kind of do what they want to do. If a team, if a team, well, if a team no has a chance, they 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 just let it go. Extra time yeah. is subjective. Exactly. So if they have a chance, because they're not going to stop it. There's injuries. There's injuries within within the extra time, and there's many delays within the extra time. But the last couple of days, it is strange that. It seems like they've gone over a couple of minutes in a couple of uh, instances. The Spain game went on uh, for a long time today. The Portugal game just uh, wouldn't freaking end. It's a good prop, guys, for betters out there. You just take the prop. Will there be a goal, basically, in the last 10 minutes of the game? And extra time counts. Sounds like a good one. And you get some pretty good odds. You get, like, plus 350 and stuff. And seems like every couple of games, man... Because teams get crazy in the last couple of minutes. They get desperate, yeah. right? Like, we're lucky that... Portugal could have lost that game in the end. They, I thought yeah, that they went in and hit the side of the net. Yeah, they, 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 they let in that goal. They're done. And imagine thinking about that with Ronaldo with a penalty kick that he missed and for them to both, lose like both that. Both Spain and Portugal were pretty, pretty sloppy for yeah. sort of powers that are supposed to move on as easily as they were. So we've got our first numbers up for knockout games, and the way that it sets up, we were just talking about Uruguay and Portugal. Uruguay and Portugal will play each other. Uruguay and Portugal. Uruguay, plus 180. uh, Portugal, plus 160. Draw, plus 210. I'll tell you what right now, man. Goals? Goals is going to be uh, at a premium. There's going to be as many goals as there are. Um, as there are is there is a change in a tip jar at a Scottish wedding. Zero yeah. or maybe one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. I should look. The t- I don't know. The one thing is, you can say, "Oh, there's no way there's going to be three goals." They get penalty kicks out like uh, uh, they're giving away uh, candy. Yeah, Halloween. Like, 
I know. It's ridiculous. You've got to come up with kick. a better analogy than I to give uh, away candy. People use that one too much. Uh, I nearly went to it, but. You've got to think of some, some, somewhere else where they're giving away stuff. Where else are they giving away stuff? Samples at Costco? Uh, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, they're giving away. They're giving away penalty, penalty kicks. Like they give away samples, samples at Costco. Costco. See, that's how you do it. Can we have to think of that's like that's they take, yeah. take, you know, replace the, the giving Halloween away like, with Costco? Like who gives away candy anyways? People at Halloween, but it's not even anymore. Poison candy? Eh, no, kids still go around in my neighborhood. It's it's safe. So that's not a lot. That's once a year. It is once a year. So the analogy is no good because the giving away like candy means like yeah. it's it's like, a free for Yeah, like candies every day. Like a pinata. See, I'm not calling you out for this. No, no, I'm just no. exposing yeah, the fact that giving him giving away like candy is a stupid expression. It doesn't make sense. They're giving away more candy than a kid with a stick at a Mexican birthday party. The pinata, smash, <laughs> candy. It's everywhere, kids. There's a lot of expressions I don't like. Yeah, no, you're right. There's another one, uh, greatest invention since sliced bread. Yeah. yeah. There's been a lot of better inventions than sliced bread. bread. Yeah. Like what? So before, when you had bread, it was that much of a pain in the ass to like pull it apart. Oh, just to get. Or I even I even grab the regular loaves and do my own cutting. I get to choose thick or thin cut. Say I want Texas French bread loaves. baguettes aren't uh, aren't no, sliced. they're not sliced. Real at bread's all. not sliced. No, it's not. And you can do a lot of things. You what? Because Wonder Bread. What? So what are you tell yeah, me? Yeah. Wonder Bread's the best invention in like since what? In the last so <laughs> it's the best invention since sliced bread. So what? You're telling me in the last 150 years, the best thing that's ever been invented is sliced freaking bread. It's a stupid expression. Next. It's a dumb expression. <laughs> like, oh, 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 sliced bread. Wow, yeah, I know. It's much cooler than planes. <laughs> a better invention than yeah. in a plane. Yeah, I'm aware. Sliced bread. I like the slice. I told you. I Look, you know, I how about the greatest invention bread. since the wheel? The wheel's a good the invention. The wheel's a good yeah. invention. Yeah. Yep. Sliced bread. I would even say the television's more important than sliced bread. What would we do without TV? Well, it's funny you bring that up. I guess I'm going to find out because my TV's uh, falling apart right now. Seriously, I mean, it started to go to the bars and then the weird colors. And uh, my TV's like, yeah, it's dying. It's it's just on its last legs. And I've, you know what? I've got like three televisions actually at my ex girlfriend's place. Time for a trip. Yeah, but I really don't feel like doing it. I should just send some movers over there. Yeah, or just something. say, can I grab a TV? Yeah. I'd almost rather just go spend... Uh, the money would not even deal with the situation? Yeah, yeah TV... Um, you get a good TV for a couple hundred... I saw, a TV at, uh, I saw a TV in the pharmacy the other day. Shoppers Drug Mart. Oh, yeah, they sell the TVs there with Shane. You can go buy a... Get a like, car. It was like $199. Yeah. And it's something. good, too. It's a good one. I know. I almost bought a TV. Like, this isn't a big one what I have out now anyways. I, yeah. I think, like, that... This Come on, this TV's That's old. That's a 32-incher. Yeah, it's time for... Old, a, yeah, no, yeah. it's time for a new one. You can get a good 40 for for a cheap price. This TV was included in the unit. Yep. <laughs> you know, hopefully I don't have any problems. There goes another couple of hundred <laughs> bucks in my security deposit. Security deposit. Oh, you broke the TV. Yeah. I used to have a carpet to here that Taylor Stevens disposed of, uh, I see, as well. So Why is it gone? Yeah, the carpet's just gone. Well, at least the wood's not warped. There was <laughs> a lot of water on it. I had a mini uh, mini party here, yeah. and I want to thank uh, Taylor Stevens and Sonny Vega. Great, great spread. Uh, great barbecue. You guys uh, went, uh, went beyond uh, the limit. But uh, right now, I'm, like, picking up pieces of lettuce and stuff, like, uh, everywhere. Yeah, there's a lot of things going on here. Tripped over, tripped over a cable, knocked over a wine cup uh, right before the program started. 
lots of beers with still little things at the bottom of them. Yeah, it's just one of those times. Yeah. I hate that. I hate that feeling too. You know, after the party, just the warm drinks. It could the be loose much, food. much worse, but it's actually not bad considering there are a lot of bottles around here. Though there is, we need a we need a bag and just throw like a recycling bag and a lot of make cans. a lot of money. We make a lot of money. The thing that just upsets me is that people leave half cups. You know, like half a cup yeah. of. You're, not, you're looking at me. I'm never a guy. That yeah, we know. Yeah, you're not going to be. You're not leaving half of anything. No, it's not me. I. Uh, it's it's <laughs> to the bottom. I eat it all. I, even Sonny and uh, Taylor gave me a gift bag to take home. I've been eating burgers wrapped up, dogs and uh, and potato salad for the past two days. It's been great. Yeah, I've been on planes, trains, and automobiles for the last two days, as usual. Mike Blewett's going to join us. Always great breaking it down with Mike. Drew Dinkmeyer help us make some money. Red Heat and Rage, Game Time Decisions, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. All right, we're off to a good start with the music here. Game Time Decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio. I'm Gabriel Renzi alongside Cam Stewart. Well, I know uh, Florio won't be able to help himself. He'll play something crappy a little bit later on. Two things you hate. Horns. We're off to an old start. classic rock. No, I like old classic rock. Like, like, you mean like I just really got down old. with CCR. Oh, okay. Not even Fortunate Son? No, no. It's good. no I'm not going to say CCR suck or anything, yeah. but it's just too. Uh, it's, uh, it's not hard enough for you. No, no, it's just too twangy. It's too twangy for me. That's the word, twangy. I don't like twangy music. I like classic rock. I like all classic rock. You know, like CCR and, you know, uh, Paul Simon. Yeah. I don't really care for Paul Simon either. Not a real big fan. Jackson Brown. I, nah, I, you're, you're, you'd like the more hard, hard, like the harder edge classic rock. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you do. No, I like yeah. everything, but just uh, yeah, CCR has never been my thing. And listen, CCR is good. They're good, man. But I don't want to hear it on my radio show. Gotcha. That's the difference. <laughs> well said. I'm not saying they're not good. No, no, they got some good songs. I'm not saying they're not good. John Fogarty, great, great front man. Right, so I'm, I'm a fan of uh, this guy, uh, Danny Roy Salazar, 44 years old of Las Vegas. A man parked a refrigerated uh, box truck outside of Las Vegas Valley Casino, got wearing, got out wearing a lanyard, and occasionally carried a clipboard. Strolled inside through the back entrance. A while later, he walked back out, but this time uh, taking with him items stolen from the casino. It's a pattern Las Vegas police say repeated at major casino properties throughout <laughs> the city. The suspect's modus operandi is to drive into a hotel property in a box truck 
gain access into a restricted employee doorway and hallway. The criminal complaint accuses Salazar burglaring uh, the Rio, the Westgate, and Caesar's Palace. Wow. Impressive run. Three for three. Stealing assortments of items. Like, what's he stealing? That's so, what I want to know. What do you, what do you think he's, he's not getting going, his He's on? not going into the, the gold bullion room or anything like that. Well, he's like not that. getting into the cash room. No, no, he's not. But he is getting into the sort of, you know, on the side of casinos, and you see the employees going in and out. There's a lot of stuff in those rooms. That's true. There's a lot of storage. I don't know what kind of storage he's stealing. Well, items that he stole include mattresses. <laughs> okay. <laughs> mattresses. Televisions. Yeah, see, see. Prototype auto electronics, beauty products, furniture, light fixtures. Ooh, light fixtures. They could actually be expensive. iPads. Mm. And he stole a complete photo booth. <laughs> a photo booth? <laughs> <Is> someone... <laughs> Great for weddings. No, if you think about it, though, like all the rooms, like they have, you know. Backup TVs, yep. backup lamps, exactly. backup chairs, he the got furniture in, room. He, he hit the storage, so, storage yeah, jungle. Pretty, pretty slick. <laughs> I like it, too. He comes in just with so, a lanyard. Yeah, yeah. So, so lanyard, basically, yeah, basically, basically like, I got yeah, press pass. He's got a press pass. I saw last night I was taking a train, and it was like, uh, it's like midnight or so, and I'm on a train, and I noticed on the side of the road there were a bunch of dudes, and they had a bunch of pylons around. They looked so shady. They were just sort of standing around talking and stuff. They had a couple of pine lines up. They put, you know, the orange, uh, you know, the orange um, worker. Yeah, yeah, the construction. The construction worker yeah, with the, with with the, the tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah with yeah. the vest, with the, Trust with the reflector on the I back. Could, I could tell you a story. And I, I went by and I was thinking, you know, I guarantee you the cops wouldn't even say anything to these guys. They looked the part. They had a bunch of trucks. They had the lights going and stuff. They were standing around. I was wondering, what are you guys really doing here? For all we know, these guys are like digging a tunnel or something. <laughs> And, like, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you want to do something, all you got to do, you're better off instead of going in the back door, you go in the front door yeah, like this exactly, guy did, basically. With confidence. You don't go in with a gun, you outthink them. You know what? I'll just show up with a stupid clipboard, clipboard pull and, into the and parking and lot, walk in the back door, and start loading <laughs> yeah. stuff on the truck, and no one's going to say anything. Like, Excuse basically, me. who's going to say anything? No. You're the repair guy. Like, if you just sort of, like, if, if you, it's like George Costanza said, it's not a lie if you believe it. I'll tell you about those vests, though. A lot of people, uh, you know, it's one of those things that a lot of shady people wear and stuff of like course. that to get away. Because it's just I don't trust those. anybody wearing one of those. Yeah, that's the thing. You if just I, want to pretend you're a construction, construction worker. worker. You know, yeah. the road workers, they've got, like, the yeah. reflective yeah. orange or yellow. It's the same thing, too. You know, you throw a security jacket on it. People think you're official. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, a lot of people are are wearing them doing bad things because they. Yeah, cause I don't want to advocate stop the guy. I don't want to advocate anyone breaking in anywhere, but I'll give you a tip how to do it. Whatever, if you really want to get in somewhere, just you know how they're the security people at an event dress. Get a stupid yellow shirt, the same shirt as them. Who's going to stop you? Nobody. It's the oldest trick in the book. Yeah, like who's well, going to stop? You said it. It's like, yeah, like, no. Find unless, out who's catering. Unless you happen to run in, and it's like a one in a whatever shot, that you run into the head freaking supervisor that somehow knows everybody, every employee anywhere. And i got to be honest with you, that's probably impossible because for a big event, he's going to have to hire a lot of people. This is, you know, it's like our buddy. We, we've got a friend of ours, Richard Garner, we used to work with, and um, he prides himself on being able to sneak in any sporting event. So we were in Las Vegas, and the UFC was at the MGM. And uh, no, this was at Mandalay. 
So it was at Mandalay Bay. But in MGM and Mandalay Bay, it's the same thing to get into these at the UFC. All right? It's sort of like an airport. There's actually like, it's, you got to walk through a metal detector. All right? They're, they're, they're serious with security yeah. at these places. And it's a wall. There's no way. Like, you're not, you're not distracting them and no. sneaking past them. You're not, you know, there's, there's no way to get through them. Now, he got in once by, <laughs> because he's a creative son of a bitch, he basically just walked around the side of the arena once at uh, MGM and popped open a side door. It was open, and it led him into a kitchen. It sort of led him into a tunnel that led him in through a hallway that, boom, next thing you knew, he was in the MGM arena. All right, so we were with him, and I told him. I said, just buy a ticket. It's 60 yeah. bucks. No, 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 it's a challenge. I was like, there's no way in hell you're going to be able to do this. And uh, he was like, all right, all right, let's see. So lo and behold, what does he do? He takes an old UFC laminate. So he's had, like, uh, I have them too. So, like, he's got, like. The lanyards, yeah. He's got a UFC media thing. It's not even from this card, though. I know. That's right. So he's got, like, an old one. but And this guy sort of looks official, too. He's got glasses and he dresses. He's not wearing a T-shirt and stuff. He looks official. So he just stood there and he waited. And then, boom. He saw Lorenzo Fertitta and the UFC executives walking in. Everyone was like, hey, hey, and everyone was cheering the UFC executives. They're all in suits. He jumped in like a parade. He walked in right behind them. He got on a cell phone, and he wasn't really talking to anybody, and he said on the cell phone, I'm coming in right now. I'll be there, and I'll be there in like one minute. Everything better be ready. So he acted like a boss. So he was like yelling on a phone aggressively. I'm coming in right now. Everything better be effing ready, eh? I'll be I'll be at the section. Where are you? And they're like, how you doing, sir? How you doing, sir? And he walked right in. And then he called me on my cell phone. And he was like, I'm in. <laughs> I was like, damn. He's good. Uh, that, damn. <laughs> that's, uh, that, that, that's, that's pretty, uh, that, is, that's pretty he, slick. That's he, how you do it. He is good. He's real good. He knows every shortcut, every trap door, every. And I was, yeah, I remember I've snuck into a lot of events. Yeah. There used to be caught. There was a concert series at uh, Jerry Park where they play tennis in Montreal. Big bands played. Like you know, it'd be like a show every, be like a show every three nights or something for like you know a month. It was crazy. Like the Arrhythmics, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan, you know, big bands yeah. of the era, Elton John. It was you know big big yeah. artists and stuff. And uh, I was like 14 or something, 15. So I just wanted to go to the shows, but I didn't want to pay for every band. Exactly. I couldn't pay. Expensive. So they had like this this monster like fence, man. I swear to God, it was like 20 feet high. <laughs> we just uh, just used to do the dash, man, over the fence. I went to every, I saw like every show. You know, like uh, once, once I got caught like going up half the way. The, you know, the Montreal Forum as well used to be able to get in side doors. You'd be amazed. Like Sometimes they just leave them open. Yeah, side doors are – side doors are uh, – but if you pull the old employee thing too, like the Rogers Centre in Toronto, you can go through the hotel. Like Basically, you go into the hotel and you take the elevator yep. into the basement of the hotel. Now, you're not supposed to do that. Yep. But it's not against the law no. to get lost in a hotel now, is it? Exactly. <laughs> it's a very good move. So 
Basically, when you get in, because you know if you ever seen the Rogers Center where the Blue Jays play, it's it's part of a hotel. Mm-hmm. A renaissance. So you can you go into the hotel basically, and you just go down. You go all the way down. Same thing like this guy's doing. You go into like the laundry and the hotel area. And boom, you pop a door and you're in the Rogers Center. Like it's <laughs> it's the same basement. It's the same building. There's just corridors, but not everything's locked down there, right? Because there's people going back and forth. So Garner Garner knows the the exact. You go here, you turn here, you pop this door, right? He knows. He's like a guy that like with the broke out of Alcatraz. Like he has the <laughs> blueprint to the building, basically. So it was the All Star Game. He broke into the All Star Game. And he went through the hotel, but George Bush was there. So basically, our, our friend basically went through, got caught by Secret Service. He snuck into the stadium, popped through, and he goes, yeah, it was kind of easier than usual. Yeah. And he goes, I was actually like walking in a corridor, and I look up, and George Bush is like 10 feet away. <laughs> and Secret Service are like, wow. whoa, whoa, whoa. They stop yeah. him. They're like, who, what the hell, what's going on? And he goes, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just We're staying in the hotel, and I, yeah, I don't know. I was going to my room, and I came out the wrong tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They were like, get the hell out of here, right? It was funny. They were like, no, you got to go that way. Go that way. Wow. That's <laughs> awesome. Like, he went right down into the bounce. Right now, Secret Service are like, uh, well, this yeah, guy knows all the, all the tricks. Yeah. <laughs> not going to screw around with them. One time, the worst was Gabe. I tried to actually climb a fence, and I got caught on the top, and the fence collapsed. Dude, really? Yeah, dude, due to weight, like it was, it was a very poorly made fence, and I got caught. And went, oh, Tim, so the whole fence went down. Yeah, whole fence went down, and then I just rolled away. <laughs> made it, but it wasn't easy. I actually have scars. <laughs> yeah, like you, from climbing fences, you can like. There's a lot. I of have guys a scar on my stomach from uh, climbing a fence when I was a teenager. I'm not proud of it, but um, I used to go into stores. Me and my buddy would go into stores. We'd go into the beer cooler and we'd fill up a bag and then just sort of leave the store. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you paid on money and you really needed a car. When I was a kid, I was in a bad neighborhood, right? So, so once, man, this, this dude chased us, like this crazy dude. Like he left the store and uh, he wanted to kill us. Not even the employee at the store, just a regular patron? No, no, like the employee. Oh, okay. He left his post and said, I'm coming. He for jumped you. the counter yeah. and chased us like two blocks. It was a kind of a movie. Like, we're, you know, we're dropping the beer left and right and stuff. And uh, there was no way to get away. And it was the same thing. I had to climb a fence, man, to get away from the dude. Except I had to climb, and it was barbed wire on the top. Oh, yeah. That's a, I had no shocking. choice. Like, uh, I knew. I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to cut myself here, but I don't have a choice. So it wasn't like barbed wire. It was like these spikes yeah, sticking out. Like, the top, yeah. I know what it is. You know what yeah. I mean? They were, the top of the fence. And they were sure. sort of like, uh, like an X, yeah. right, to make it. To, to, they didn't want people climbing a fence. Jagged and sharp. Yeah. yeah, they didn't want people climbing a fence, so <laughs> I didn't have a choice. I climbed the fence because I knew the guy wasn't, wasn't going to be able to climb the fence, and uh, I cut myself climbing the fence. Uh, he laughed, too, because yeah. he saw. I was like, ah, <laughs> going over. Was it worth it for the beers? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you still got the scars, pretty deep cut. It was. Yeah. Those fences are sharp. <laughs> yeah, crime doesn't pay, kids. It's the moral <laughs> of the story. <laughs> I can't freaking believe that Iran scored late. I had. I know. Uh, uh, how about the Saudi Arabia? I had both draw. teams not to score in both games. I didn't expect Morocco to score twice. No, no. Everything's happening in injury time. Every single crazy thing that's going to screw you is happening in injury time. 
It's the way it is. Yeah, it's constant with this stuff. No, it's unbelievable. Every game. Saudi Arabia game. Portugal. Spain. Like, it's just, it's, it's a magic show at the end. They, they, they like the drama. They love the drama. It's the way it goes, buddy. Oh, our boy uh, Wiley Coyote uh, tuning in. Great Jerry Park uh, Fed stories, yeah. <laughs> Wiley Coyote tuning in. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did it. We did it for all those shows, and uh, there were a couple of times, like, some some people get caught. They had to, they put security up. They put security up because they figured, because we nearly got caught a couple of times, and, like, we'd run into the crowd and get away and stuff. So uh, we got tired of... Um, Tired of climbing the fence, so we realized why are we climbing this fence. It gets attention to us, so instead we uh, we cut the fence cut through it exactly. That's we a cut great the move. fence low, yep. and crawled because <laughs> yeah. you can't be seen. Yep, exactly. That's a great move. Cut, peel, crawl. That's how you escape. I have a story uh, from yesterday. I was at a cemetery, and uh, I couldn't get into the cemetery. It was very very frustrating. Okay, the gates, man. They're all locked. So I get there, all locked, all around the cemetery. It's like impossible to get into this place. And it's a cemetery, man. Uh, it's, yeah. And it was a big fence. And so the only way in was to go under the fence. Mm-hmm. Except right on the other side of going under the fence were graves. Oh, God. So I'm standing there, and I'm like, man... I can't believe this is what it's come to, but I'm going to have to jump a fence to get in to this cemetery. <laughs> Except I was like, man, the fence is too high, and I can't have all these people staring at me climbing a fence into a cemetery. would have been nice if somebody opened the damn fence for you. Well, so I actually considered. I was this close. I was like, you know what? I could squeeze under. It was like grass. Yeah, and just a little bit of a... Yeah, but the only thing is, Cam, I would have been lying down... Literally, like, three feet from a bunch of graves. Yeah, it's pretty wild. So I decided against yeah, no, it. Yeah. Hop the fence. No, I didn't hop the fence. I walked around. Oh, okay. It took me, like, an hour. <laughs> and then after I was considering, I was like, I can't believe you're really considering actually just climbing into a grave site. I was really going to do it. I was going to go, like, feet first, though. I was going to sort of, yeah. like, you know, sort of push myself underneath yeah. But I literally would have been next to someone's grave, and, like, it was just too creepy. Yeah. I just couldn't do it. That is creepy. Yeah, I just couldn't do it. No, no. Like, this, the cemetery was massive, bro. It's, like, it's bigger than the, the mountain itself. It, it, was, it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. But I don't want to talk about it. So, um, while Cam was eating leftovers and hot dogs, I was contemplating climbing fences to get into a cemetery. <laughs> That was really nice of them. Uh, I almost feel guilty about it now, Gabe, because uh, Sonny, like, talked to me. He's like, damn, I didn't uh, remember any of the leftovers. I was like, because Taylor gave them all to me. Like, you know, so I had a big bag of uh, bacon-wrapped dogs and uh, burgers. There's a couple other things in there, too. Beautiful potato salad. So, yeah, I got the – sorry, everyone. Sorry, Sonny. I apologize. Like, uh, but I just got a bag, and uh, there it is. I have the leftovers. (laughs) I got more if you want. Oh, I saw your coleslaw in there. That's a, it's like a lake. It's a lot of coleslaw, even for me. And no one touched my desserts. My pie and ice cream are still up there. That's good. You uh, can have right. some ice cream. I think I will. Maybe we will right now. Yeah, actually, break. I would really like that. Want a bowl of ice cream? Yeah, and a, and a piece of pecan pie. And a little Mike Blewett sprinkled on top. Mike Blewett next. That's right. Drew Dinkmeyer will join us, give his take on week three CFL Fantasy. 
Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Portugal and Spain both advanced. Morocco and Iran both uh, put a, a massive scare into uh, the Liberians. Uh, World Cup uh, continues tomorrow. Uh, we told you we've got, uh, so we know Uruguay are going to be playing Portugal right now. Goals are going to be extremely difficult to come by in that match. Already some line movement uh, here. A couple of minutes ago we were telling you that Uruguay were plus 180, Portugal were plus 160, the draw was plus 210. I found it strange that Portugal were actually favored against Uruguay. They're extremely evenly matched, these two sides, except I would, in my own personal belief, in the Marenzi power rankings, I think Uruguay are better than Portugal. Portugal are good. This, this game, this wouldn't shock me if this one went to penalty kicks, right out of the gate, actually, in the first elimination uh, game. That's uh, it's on the weekend, and now we've got a line for Spain and Russia. Spain, minus 188. Russia plus 550 total is uh, the total two and a half minus 163 to the under. And uh, we saw Russia was somewhat exposed when uh, playing a better side today in the Uruguayans. Let's bring in uh, Mike uh, Blewett. Never exposed. Mike Blewett, always a pleasure. What's up, Mike? Uh, what's up, fellas? And to your point about Uruguay, Gabe, they have yet to allow a goal, so they went clean sheet through the uh, group stage. Yep. You know, the thing I, I told Cam earlier and, and everyone listening, I said as far as Uruguay is concerned, sort of an analogy if you're an NFL football fan or an American football fan per se, they're like a football team that plays nasty defense. You know, they're, they play mm-hmm. nasty defense. They get after the quarterback. They can run the ball. They're just, a, you know, and in soccer terms, they're not a pretty team. Uh, but look, and like I told Cam, listen, Suarez has bitten somebody before. Like, they're not afraid to play dirty. They are a physical team for a South American side. They're one of the more physical South American uh, sides of, of them all. South American soccer often known for its flash and its panache. But Uruguay are a real nuts and bolts type of side. They're next to impossible to score on. They don't make mistakes. And with Cavani and with, with Suarez up front, they can bury their opportunities when they get the chance to. They're they're going to be a very difficult team to beat. Yeah, I, look, they've earned their reputation historically of being aggressive, to put it nicely. But they have world class forwards now. To your point, they badly outclassed Russia today in a game that Russia did want to win. You could argue that uh, maybe people are looking at different kinds of placement. They don't want to play Spain next. Maybe they didn't want to play Portugal either. But the reality is Uruguay took it to them. They had them down 10 men and not in any cheap kind of way. They were for, they forced 
that defender into a second yellow card because they knew they could do it with speed and that Russia was getting run off the field in the first half. So that 3 nothing score today shouldn't have really surprised anybody as they watched the match. And Mike, taking a look at the Spain-Russia line, Gabe talked about it, a buck 80. I'm seeing a minus 163. And I think after the Spaniards and the scare they got, and actually we got a dose of reality from Russia, the Saudi Arabia game, 5 nothing. Like That's the thing. Like Uruguay kind of exposed them today. I'm thinking maybe a little bit of line value with Spain. They're a much better side than Russia, and you only have to lay a buck 63. Would you agree? Uh, I agree. I'm with you. We have seen some pretty interesting things happen when home teams are hosting, but those those interesting things have typically happened with better sides. Now you go back all the way to 2002 when South Korea made a run all the way to the final four and nobody would have put them in the class of being the top four at the time. So um, strange things can happen when the home team is on your side and Spain obviously fired their coach the day before the world cup, but um, they did win their group. So it wasn't pretty today, but they did win their group and they're moving on. They are the better side. Um, I just wonder if you have better values as we get into knockout stages, although it is a good one. I was you know, disappointed with Spain today, and I've been disappointed with Spain for the most part in the tournament. They look like they could just be that that good, but then they have these momentary lapses, and we've, they've had the momentary lapses now in all three matches, which is somewhat surprising. Uh, to me a little bit Um, you know firing a coach a couple of days before the tournament I think has had a little bit of an effect on him but now now all these games count now there was a big controversy and England's rolling right now big win uh, for the Brits against uh, Tunisia Harry Kane is killing it Uh, normally England um, normally there's disappointment controversy drama with the with the tabloids over there but it's been pretty much you know everything's going good except um Except for the Southgate and the media stuff, uh, Mike. I was looking forward to uh, getting your opinion on this, in which so guys, basically um, the the manager of the British side, the English team, out of practice had his lineup and he made a change to the starting oh. lineup, and he had his yeah. he had his lineup. The media took a picture of the paper in his hand and sort of enlarged it, and said, "Hey, look! It looks like they made changes to the starting lineup." He, he said, you know, you're the media, you're supposed to, if you're the British media, because it wasn't international media, it was like the, the local media, you know, you're British, you're supposed to be with us, not against us. This is why we don't win, because you guys always work against us. Your job is to report the news, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and, you know, I'm thinking it's not really their job to work for him. He sort of misconstrued with that, and my actual thought was, well, you know what, dude? Don't expose your freaking lineup on a piece of paper in practice. How about you fold the paper the other way? He got sloppy. He got nailed for it. I mean, they ended up winning the game 6-1 anyways. I don't want to see what he was panicking about, but where do you stand on this, Mike? Because I'm going to tell you, you know, you're, you're home. I don't know if we're journalists. I actually think I have more journalist ethics than, you know, or understanding of the concept than a lot of so-called real journalists. But if you if you are the writer for the English website and you were employed by the yeah. country and the, and the federation, then no, you don't write that. If you work for the Guardian or the Telegraph or the Independent or for Sky or for anyone else and you're at the practice and you don't report that 
and then your competitor does, and then your editor asks yeah. you, well, did you know that? Did you know that they made – yeah, but I didn't think it would be right because I was at the practice. You're fired. Then you're, then then you're, then you're probably not in, not in – you're, you're, you're not working long, right, Mike? I mean, it's the reporter's yeah, jobs to report news. Yeah, so I think in the totality of what happened, Southgate has handled himself fairly well. I think he took a breath. He understood – and I thought he was pretty measured in his comments the day after it all went down. Initially, he was obviously upset, but he was fairly measured in the way it went down. Um, he did implore them to try to be with the team, not against them, but he, he sort of understood that they have a job to do. Yes, he needs to cover it. He also said it was only the front page of uh, some of the notes that it didn't necessarily um, divulge information that was uh, going to be detrimental to the team. But to your point, it is on him to be more careful. It is on the reporters to report what is in front of them. It isn't their job to, if, look, if they want a long-term relationship with Garrett Southgate, if he manages to stay around for a long time, unlike every other English manager in recent memory, <laughs> then maybe you give, then maybe you give him a heads up when you see him like Garrett, there's going to be pictures of that. Maybe you want to put that down. But if you're the photographer and you're snapping pics, then yeah, yeah, you're going right to it. Especially some of those outlets you mentioned. They're they're drooling for that kind of content. Oh, <laughs> well, they go. live for it. Right? And, and it wasn't even like it was a shock and it was real state. I mean, look, yes. I mean, guys, we, you people. I don't think a lot of people listening probably have an understanding of a concept of just how how extreme they go. And in fact, they. They wire like. Don't be surprised if the media is wiretapping the team, etc. Yeah. I mean, you yeah, know the story, right? Go back to Pierce Morgan yeah. and Rupert Murdoch and stuff. They they basically wiretap people, like so. Even like normal people, like how do they get scoops while they're listening? Yeah. You know, like over the top yeah. type of stuff. So them taking a picture in a practice is <laughs> that's kind of softball <laughs> in the Brit world, isn't Same. it, Mike? That's, yeah, that's, that's what I'm that's saying. As far as the tabloids are concerned. And I would also say that there are many instances which, you know, we, we learned a lot of this stuff, which some, of, some people knew, but we learned a lot of this stuff regarding the NFL through Spygate and some yep. other infractions that the Patriots had. Well, maybe Al uh, Davis wasn't so crazy that in the old days when Al Davis said, I don't even want a freaking janitor here during my yeah. practice. Nobody. He was like, no helicopters, yeah. no workers. Like, they were like, Al, Al, he's, he's just, he, he's just, he's sweeping up. How he's do like, you how know? the hell do we know he's not on the phone with another team right now? <laughs> right? Like, yeah. and it's funny. They're like, oh, Al Davis is insane. Like, you're crazy, it would, Al. You know, and look at less than a five. It would take less than a five-minute Google search to find screenshots of play cards by offensive coordinators and NFL yeah. head coaches, maybe not within the last couple of years, but you can find historic ones for sure. And this is why they cover their mouth, right, when they yeah, talk now, yeah, because the of lip reading. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, think about Don't the, tell me that Belichick doesn't. Yeah. I guarantee you Belichick can lip and, read. And you know what I mean? I can lip read yeah. from watching sports. Like, or, I know what, or, what they're saying. Or if you can't lip read, you bring in somebody oh, in the organization yeah. to go through. They, there's professional oh, yeah. lip readers. That's what they do for a living, man. That's their job. Obviously, they'd have one on payroll. So what, what do you guys think of this, then? So the Iranian fans um, last night. Did you see this, Mike? The Iranian fans in camp. So... The Iranian fans set up shop outside the hotel 
where Portugal were uh, stating? That's right, Ronaldo. There's, <laughs> wouldn't let him sleep. <laughs> yeah, you see, Ronaldo's pretty cool for a Vegas superstar. Instead of getting all mad, he came out. He went, He put his head in the window. He was like, please, please. And he was like, <laughs> he was like, I'm trying to sleep. He was looking. He was kind of laughing a little bit, like, whatever, guys. But to yeah. me... Listen, it's the old days, right? Uh, yeah, we know what hotel they're at. Let's yeah, call the room. Exactly. And, yeah, okay, fine. You know? I don't know, though. I mean, to me, I think the World Cup, I think the police shouldn't allow that. I should maybe I, for an I, hour, I, for I, an hour or two. Every four years. No, no, for an hour or two, yeah. fine. You guys can hang out the hotel and yell, go around and screw Portugal for a couple of hours. You can't bang drums all freaking yeah. night. There's other guests in the hotel. Yeah. It's ridiculous. They were there all night. They didn't stop. Yeah. They didn't stop yeah. for a second. Thousands of boom, 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 boom outside the hotel. And really, you think the Portuguese players care? They all they all have like eight hundred dollar yeah. noise canceling yeah. headsets on. Exactly. They don't give a crap. The, all the, the people who do care are the ones who are. Right I don't know. I just think you know, for a couple hours, fine. But all night's a little excessive, isn't it? Like, really, is this what it's come to? We're gonna bang drums outside of players' the rooms all night. I would imagine there are other countries that will be hosting the World Cup whose police forces are a little bit more organized and focused on the business at hand and would clear <laughs> those crowds as opposed to what we see. I guarantee you, see that ain't happening in Canada or the U.S. Oh, God, no. You try that in Toronto, the cops are going to be like, listen, Buddy, we've had you're a- all under arrest if you don't shut the hell up and leave. We've had <laughs> we've had tame hotel parties that got, like, you know what I mean? That got, hey, you guys are gone. Like, what about drums from, like, supporters? Yeah, you said it. Those guys are being just... As a long-time... As a longtime resident of New York City, I can assure you that the crowd would be cleared very quickly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, speaking of which, it reminds me of Lawrence Taylor, and I had Lawrence Taylor on the program. Uh, I spoke to him a couple of times. Always a great interview, too. Very, very honest and open guy whenever he's uh, whenever he was on. So um, I asked, I said, Lawrence, you know, there's, I want to ask you about the urban, urban mess and what's true with you and what isn't. I said, did you really um, used to send um, hookers to uh, to opposing players' rooms? And he's like, yes. True story. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, I Absolutely. did. I did. Before Super Bowls, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and he said, yeah, I would send them sort of like Saturday night before, <laughs> like sort of like 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., Saturday night before the game. Perfect time. He goes, I said, a lovely lady just said, I know the room, knock on the door. He goes, just to sort of, sort of soften him, just to weaken him a little bit. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard those urban legends. Uh, LT did it, and there are many other stories of players doing that, too, especially before the night of the Super Bowl, NBA championship games, or final You do that to James Hart, and he's going to send you a gift card. Thanks. <laughs> he's still going to drop 50. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I remember I was getting mad. I was like. James Harden's flying Instagram models in during the playoffs and stuff. Then he dropped like 48. I'm like, well, I don't know. Maybe that's his thing. He plays better with Instagram models in his hotel room. <laughs> you saw him at the yeah, All-Star I mean, game. Gabe getting having drinks, and you said the guy was sweating. A machine. The yeah, guy's but an he absolute machine. Yeah, no, he didn't have to play, though, today. Yeah. It was different. But, oh, yeah, no. I, at All-Star weekend, I was, I was, I, uh, I was at a party, and um, James Harden was there. And Harden was like, going hard man like he was drinking vodka double you know triple bottles making a rain he dropped like thirty eight thousand dollars or something like that (laughs) and it was a friday night and i yeah exactly i actually left at like four i wasn't with him i'm not giving the impression i was partying with hard i was just in the same same vicinity yeah and um he was in a vip area that i was not in i just want to clarify that so (laughs) there (laughs) 
Well, yeah, it was pretty cool. It was at a strip club. It was all the uh, NBA All-Star strippers, like the hottest strippers from each Ooh. NBA city. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I, somebody, yeah, I got a VIP card. So, yeah, Cam Newton was there. Trust me, trust me. The players like something like that, Mike, right? So, like, yeah, a bunch of NFL you, players you, were there. I, I, like, I like that you have that kind of baller status, that you could at least be in the same place. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It was a week after the Super Bowl. I wanted to yell at Cam Newton, but I was like, no, nah, I better not. He's pretty big in real life. <laughs> he was like big dude. So... <laughs> I tapped out, he man. Beat, he almost beat up a 12-year-old kid last week on the sidelines. He'll take, he'll take you to task. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I left at like 4 in the morning. I tapped out. I was like, all right, I, I got to go. Like, you know, I, I can't go all night here. And when we left, Harden was still gone. And the next morning, they had a free NBA All-Star practice. Or it was like 10 bucks or something. And they were going to scrimmage. It was sort of, you know, for the kids that couldn't afford the yeah. stupid pricey tickets at the All-Star game. And it was at the Rico Center, Cam. It was right near the place, my place. So I was like, man, I'm going to go. I live 10 minutes from this. I'm going to go down. Mike, I couldn't move, man. I will, And it was at like 10 a.m., this practice. So it was on TV. I woke up at you know 9 a.m. I'm like, I can't make it to this NBA All-Star practice. I'm going to the game anyways. <laughs> I, I, you know, like I was basically like, in, you know, cold sweats, throwing up and stuff. I, I turn on the TV, and there's James Harden taking pictures with kids. Ah, it's great to be here in Toronto. And like, he looked great. But same thing, I heard Steve Nash. Oh, he could shake it off. Like Steve Nash, I asked, I've asked a few people, who's the hardest, like, drinker that you played with? And it really, like, just, it didn't affect his game. Like, he shook it off and, and went on. And everybody, like, multiple people have, without a hesitation, all tell me, oh, Steve Nash. They're like, this guy could drink all night. And he just, he shows up at practice. That Canadian and, uh, blood. Yeah, he does a bunch of laps and stuff, and you can smell the booze, like, sweating out. <laughs> so he goes, he sweats. He just sweat it off. He sweats the booze out. He goes back to the hotel. He takes a nap all day, and he balls every night, and then he does it again. Like, he's, it's. He's in. He's at a Wade Boggs level. Yeah, yeah. A lot of baseball players Wade, can do it, too. Yeah. Wade, Wade Boggs, there are epic stories about Wade Boggs on West Coast trips and how much he can put away uh, on a West Coast trip. From uh, from the time the game ends to the time they arrived in Seattle. Oh, you tell me what he was drinking like thirty eight beers on the on, on the plane and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, hang in here, Mike. We'll take a quick break. We'll talk NBA, free agency. LeBron's uh, kid missed the dunk, cost the team the game. <laughs> Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. Level 2. And that first hour just flew by. If you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups. It's a hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. 
Invest in the players you want without salary caps. If you sign up for a new account using promo code FNTSY, you can elect an option to receive a 50% deposit bonus with a rollover requirement. No more dealing with late lineup scratches. No experts to compete against. Just you and the props that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code FNTSY upon sign up and choose your matchups using the Prop Builder tool. It's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. I am Gabriel Morenzi alongside Cam Stewart. Uh, we continue our conversation with Mike Blewett. All right, Mike, let's talk. Uh, we'll get to Bubba Watson in a couple of moments uh, winning, but let's talk a little NBA uh, right now. What was your take uh, on the draft now that we've had a couple of days um, to uh, to look over things? Uh, any winners and losers? What was the theme? What caught your eye the most uh, in the NBA draft? Yeah, look, I think the story of this draft is uh, no surprise to anybody. It's going to be Luka uh, Doncic and Trey Young compared to each other for the remainder of their careers. Uh, many of many people that I've spoken to and read feel like the Mavs really did the best job of navigating that entire situation. Many people consider him to be the top player in the draft. So if you can get the top player in the draft and you were sitting at five, pretty good value. At the same time, the Hawks felt like they could get a star player in Trey Young and still extract a future number one pick. So um, that's obviously the first thing you need to evaluate. I think the trade later in the draft, the Sixers and the Clippers, was interesting to me in this regard and that um, Mikael Bridges being traded for Zaire Smith. Zaire Smith, some consider to be the best athlete in the draft. Now you add him to Philadelphia, uh, which he can be an interesting role player. Bridges goes to Phoenix, plus they get a future unprotected, or rather Philly gets a future unprotected uh, number one draft. So Philly adds the best athlete in the draft, plus a future number one, just stockpiling more assets. Yet the Suns get a player who is ready to play right away, a 3 and D guy, definition 3 and D guy, very talented player. He'll help them immediately. We're on the same page because I, I, I like Doncic. I loved what the uh, the Dallas Mavericks did, and I like uh, what the uh, the Phoenix uh, Suns uh, ended up uh, doing as well. You know, getting um, they get a winner as well here. They get a winner in Bridges that I think um, is young, but they're starting to they starting to look like a team a little bit now instead of just a bunch of guys. We'll see if the chemistry can come together. But the Dallas Mavericks uh, to me. Um, uh, to me, I really like what the Mavericks have done. And the Mavericks, to me, for the last couple of years, Mike, were just sort of sort of lost. You know, Mark Cuban became more of a celebrity than he did an owner that was that was hell-bent on winning. I mean, it seemed, you know, he was more interested on cutting deals on Shark Tank and mauling running for president. I think that president stuff has died down right now. And I think he's, he, he's tired of seeing the Dallas Mavericks as a laughing stock. I mean, really, they've already wasted... You know, Dirk got a, Dirk got a, um, Dirk got a, a, a championship out of this with Dallas, but it seems like Dirk Nowitzki sort of been wasted for a little while. But I love the Brunson pick. I just, I just love, you know, how this team is being put together right now with Dennis Smith Jr. You got Doncic right now. You bring in Brunson. The only thing is, they have a lot of guys that sort of play the same position, don't they? Yeah, but I think we're seeing that transition has. It's hard to say it's complete in the NBA because not every team is structured that way. But with multiple ball handlers trying to create open three-point shots, I don't think anybody's going to be feel like they have too many guys at one position. Now, if you're a team like the Knicks, which has a bunch of point guards, none of whom you are convinced can play in the NBA, then you have a problem. 
But with Dallas, you have Doncic and Smith and others that may facilitate more open shots as opposed to. I agree. It's more of a hybrid league now. Exactly. It's a hybrid league. And you look at, I think, Golden State, Houston, these teams starting to show that, even the Toronto Raptors to to a certain extent. So as far as free agency is concerned, all is quiet uh, right now. I saw LeBron was at the game in which his kid tried to dunk and, uh, and missed the dunk. The team ended up losing the game after the fact. <laughs> but whatever. Tough um, it's a tough beat. It's a bad beat. Yeah, bad beat for the betters right there. I saw Barstool Sports was, like, bitching. Oh, they cost the team a championship. I don't know. It looked like a little tournament or something. Whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Didn't see, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a state title or anything like that. It wasn't a state high school yeah. title or anything like that. But what's the deal with LeBron right now? And I actually read an interesting piece. I was going to send it to you guys, but I'll just give you the gist of it. It was it was on the Ringer, Bill Simmons' site. And it was actually something that was interesting about LeBron that – he is unpredictable, actually. LeBron, it's you don't really know what he's going to do. It wasn't predictable no. he was going to go to the Miami Heat. People thought he was going to go to the Bulls and play, you know, maybe we'll go to the Bulls, maybe we'll go to the Knicks. You're right, Mike? Like, he's yeah. always sort of, he's never done what people think. He might no way he's Cleveland. going back to Cleveland. No, he's going to leave yeah. Miami after four years. People didn't think he was going to go to Miami. Right, like so, we don't really know what the hell he's going to do right now because the, the past has shown that he is unpredictable. He does what he wants. Yeah, the, I mean, the NBA, there are many NBA insiders that were taken to task for not knowing exactly what LeBron was going to do when he went to Miami, when he went back to Cleveland. When he went back to Cleveland, that was very quiet um, to the point where he spent an entire weekend in Vegas and on flights with Dwayne Wade, and it didn't seem apparent during the process or even afterwards if Dwayne Wade had even known exactly what he was going to do. I'm sure in a private moment before he announced it, then he was going to be uh, forthright with him. But at the same time, uh, LeBron has kept things fairly quiet. That's the thing that pisses me off about him, though, in a sense that he owes it to these teams. Like, he didn't tell the Cleveland Cavaliers when he did that decision stuff. They actually found out, basically... On TV. He holds teams hostage. Oh, they found out. I think Snyder found out, like, literally two minutes before it went to air type thing. They got the call, by the way. Yeah, he's not, you know. But if my deal is, so he didn't tell Miami, but he told Miami he was in the draft, like, um, he was in the draft room with them telling him, you got to draft Shabazz Napier, <laughs> right? And then he leaves the week after. They weren't going to draft Shabazz Napier. So, he, like, he leaves these team, teams hanging. I guess his fear is that he doesn't trust them. It's going to leak. So he doesn't trust if he tells Snyder, I'm not coming back. And I can see him not trusting Snyder, actually, Mike, right? And, you know, not because Snyder would leak it and get all wormy. Remember last time he wrote that letter, oh, I guarantee I'll win a championship before he will. So your guess is, and what about his Twitter now changing his avatar, which is the first time he has changed his profile in a long time. People say, oh, that doesn't mean anything. I don't know. I remember when Gordon Hayward's wife tweeted out a picture of her kid wearing a little uh, shamrock uh, green uh, jersey. She said, this doesn't mean anything. And then three days later, he signed with the Celtics. So I think it does mean something. What the hell does LeBron mean? What does this mean? It's Akron-themed. Does this mean he's staying now? What does it mean? Uh, You know, when you look at the Vegas odds right now, I think they have it at 4-13 to going to the Lakers, right? So the Lakers are, are well in front. People are thinking two houses. He's gone out there. They're shopping for – they're looking at schools for his His kid enrolled in high school there. 
yeah, to play is ball. There a transition? Is there a transition to the next state phase of his life? And you would think ultimately LeBron would settle in a place like L.A. considering the multiple interests that he has. But doesn't necessarily mean – I mean, he is a professional basketball player. He's on the road all the time. It doesn't mean necessarily that he can't play in Cleveland for another year or two while the family yep. transitions to L.A. and LeBron spends time there during the offseason and on road trips to L.A. So it does leave the door. Obviously, the door is open for multiple opportunities. But It's a great point that he stays to, in Cleveland on a one-year deal. Yeah, like what I know tons of people that have had to take new jobs that aren't LeBron James that had to leave their family behind for six months or a year before they made the full transition or vice versa. The family goes ahead while you stay behind for the new job opportunity. So it doesn't necessarily mean that he has to be out there now. But does he think he can win with this team in Cleveland? He hasn't been able to do it the last two seasons. He obviously grew increasingly frustrated despite doing more and more for the team over the course of this postseason. Uh, but it does make me wonder if places like Philly or that or other places that are off the radar uh, slightly from that kind of lifestyle. San Antonio. That's the one. Right. That's the one that I think, to me personally, that's sort of the one that might surprise everybody. They had a special on my book, like, would he start the season in San Antonio? It was that 40 to 1? I had to put some money on it just, just for the yeah. sheer value of it. Well, Greg Popovich is normally pretty private about this, but he's on record as stating that, uh, yeah, we want to talk. Yeah. That, you know, they, they basically they, they have, want. They have a relationship. They a great relationship. That's the thing. I mean, Le- LeBron doesn't respect it's hard. LeBron doesn't have a lot of peers. He's not going to respect a lot of people. He Very respects true, yeah. the hell out of Greg Popovich. He likes him as a man. Basketball coach speaks for itself. The reputation speaks for itself. Um, they run a first-class organization. Popovich, Popovich and, got LeBron into red wine. And if they already, if they can soothe, I'm just thinking it's almost like a double soothe job in which, listen, we got Kawhi. Kawhi, we're getting LeBron. LeBron, we got Kawhi staying. We got a point guard. You know, we got a couple of young kids. We got one more guy in here. LaMarcus Aldridge, Kawhi Leonard, and LeBron James is a formidable three right there. For sure. That's, you know, it's it's a foundation. It's something, something to consider that people really aren't talking about. And I get the feeling that Houston are starting to get the feeling it's not happening. And there's not this thing because already, I don't know, you can never really believe the reports, but Houston always wants everybody. But Houston are supposedly trying to get Paul George. You know, well, let me pose to, a question to you. That, let me pose a question to you, Gabe. Uh, and I'm sorry, one quick what, thing my guy was just going to say. The fact yeah. that Paul George is sort of out on the Lakers leads me to believe. I wanted to bring this up, too. There was a report, and rumor, murmurs were that Paul George has cooled off on the Lakers, which leads me to believe LeBron James has cooled off on the Lakers. Sorry, Mike, go on. No, I would agree. I I would think that LeBron would want to make Paul George part of that package. But when you see that Oklahoma City is willing to give him a max deal, that's a lot, you know, that's a lot of money coming your way when you, and if he's comfortable playing with Russ and likes being in Oklahoma City, then it's difficult to pull somebody out of that. I mean, you're going to see the numbers start to spike for a lot of these guys. Nikola Jocic, uh, has a deal supposedly in place from the Nuggets five years at 146. But my question to you guys is what is the percentage for Kawhi staying in San Antonio for you? I would say without LeBron first and then with LeBron. <laughs> I think it's probably really tough because he really does feel as though he was betrayed by the medical uh, staff. I agree. Mm, yep. 
I think he likes Popovich. Popovich taking that shot about Aldridge. Great to have a guy play yeah. through pain, and yeah. I, I'll go to war with this guy anytime, even if we lose. And one thing that I understand, and I knew I could tell at the time it was going to piss him off, Tony Parker. Tony Parker said, I had the same procedure as he did, and I guess some of us just can play through it and some of us can't. I think he's pretty much done with the Spurs, to be honest. I think it would take a LeBron James to stay there. And I don't even know. I, I, I wonder if the Spurs are just planning for life without Kawhi bringing LeBron in, shipping Kawhi out somehow. There's and it's to, the, it's to the Spurs' best interest, involved, too. But, yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I Mike, so. said their best interest to let everyone believe that, no, no, we're not, yeah, like, we're fine, right? If everyone thinks they're going to break yes. up and is desperate, then they lose their exactly. value. they got to let everyone, no, no, Kawhi's, it's all good. they got to get the impression they're in control. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the, the, the Spurs have to be extracting every single ounce of value than get out of Kawhi. It's unlikely to be 100 cents on the dollar, but they got to get at least 85 or 90 out of it, and that's still a hell of a lot when you're talking about a player like Kawhi Leonard. And the Spurs can work with that. I gotta, I gotta tell you, Mike. Like when we talk about, I didn't really think I'd put this in the same sense as a clutch golfers, guys that are absolutely amazing. Under Bubba Watson has come back. He's won the Travelers now three times and twice from six shots back thing is, is he's an all-or-nothing guy like when he's in contention he's there and he's never afraid or else he can hate the course because he's kind of a weird different guy you know some things don't fit his eye but man when it comes to money and this guy comes to deliver like i, I got to give this guy a lot of respect and as for paul casey this guy has a real problem closing the door and it could hurt him uh, down the line yeah and i think to your point about watson i think it's why some of the other golfers have a hard time with him you hear stories about not the entire tour is in love with Bubba Watson. And I think it's because he makes it look really easy sometimes. And then he disappears at others. He kind of turn he's a spotlight guy. So he knows how to play when the lights are on him. And I think that frustrates some other golfers who are maybe grinding it out week in, week out. Well, Bubba gets ripped a lot, but at least but he does, but, he, but the thing is about it though is he has he he has the right after winning the Masters. At least he twice doesn't stop win. balls from rolling off the green. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Say what you will. Yeah, Mike, I was gonna. What's your take on Paul Casey? Because T to Green, in my opinion, like we were, we even had a party here at Gabe's, and I was talking to a couple other guys. I go, I don't trust this guy on Sunday. He just has one of those games that. He's a Monday to Saturday guy. He's one of the best in the world. But again, like everybody was going low on Sunday and the guy can't get it done. Then he whips out the driver and puts it in the water. Like what the hell's going on with this guy? He has to learn how to win on Sunday if he's going to be the one of the elites. Yeah, I, I think that you almost describing Sergio Garcia to me before he was able to finally win the Masters where we saw him consistently competing, contending in tournaments. And then when it got down to money time and you had a be consistent on Sunday, he couldn't seem to do it. And there was always a different story as to why. Here's another story for Paul Casey as to why. And he shoots plus two when Bubba's going seven under and Sink is eight under. Um, You know, just a wildly bad day on the course compared to your peers who are playing, you know, right alongside you. It's a tough round for him. I think you're right. Um, But I always think, especially in a sport like golf, like if you're good enough to do it, you'll eventually do it. Uh, some guys really struggle like Mickelson did, and we've even seen Dustin Johnson struggle a lot, but they've done it. So uh, guys like that that struggle for long periods of time and never get to wear a green jacket or uh, hoist a claret jug, they just gonna, they're just going to have to do it in order to prove it to me. 
He just seems like a good guy, but uh, he's just one of those guys. I think he's going to have to post a number and come from behind to win rather than be a front runner. Mike, Mike it's Mike always a pleasure, my man. All right, Great guys. stuff. Appreciate it. Take care, Mike. Take care. Mike, blow it. Game time decisions. But Heat Ray Nation Fantasy Sports Radio Network continues. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Thanks to Mike Blewett for joining us on the program. Jude Dinkmeyer will join us. We'll see if we can track down the Permit Patty. Join us on the program as well. The Permit Patty continues to uh, trend on uh, Twitter today. It's disappointing to see a lady that sells weed to dogs. Uh, could be as uptight and as stupid as this woman. Oh, I see it's up to uh, 8 million views. <laughs> Eight million views uh, right now. That's just on one account I'm seeing. Like, this lady is being viewed by, like, literally hundreds of millions of people and uh, not in a very good light. So if you're unaware, if you're unaware, basically, this uh, this lady, <laughs> Permit Patty, and... Um, this lady went up to an eight-year-old girl selling bottled water on the street in San Francisco and uh, called the police on her because she didn't have a permit. Unbelievable. Wow. She didn't have a permit. Now, the girl, the eight-year-old girl is black. Mm. And uh, Permit Patty is... Uh, Very white? She's a white chick. Yeah. <laughs> so there's accusations of racism. Listen, I I don't know if she's racist, but I know she's a uh, an idiot. Yeah, I was looking for a stronger word. Let's uh, say a word that rhymes with itch. Yeah. <laughs> itchy, itchy. She's very itchy. She's very. She's itchy. itchy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gone, gone are the days, Gabe. You can't have a lemonade stand in today's so, world. So, but the, the, the irony of this, like but it, it, because it's crazy. And it bothers me, though, that this lady, that she's involved in the marijuana industry. Oh, she but I is. guess this is the thing that now the marijuana industry, you're going to have a bunch of itchy women and other people like this um, <laughs> get, get involved. So, yeah, she basically, she sells, she makes edible dog treats. She makes ed- edible dog treats for dogs. 
It's actually a good it's a good idea. It I, is a I good, don't have a problem with it. So no, she, I don't either. She makes edible dog treats for dogs, except she's ultra successful. It's in the Bay Area in San Francisco. She sold over $1 million in product of the edible dog treats. Evidently, she makes, like, the most popular dog treats, edible marijuana-infused. You know, dogs have cancer, etc. Oh, yeah, so she's doing the ones with the CBD to help the pooches and stuff. Yeah, so she has these popular dog treats, except the only thing is, it's not legal. It's a gray area. Like, it's never been... The U.S. Food and Drug Administration never said it was all right to... Give no. dog edibles no, to, they, to no, weed didn't. to dogs. Another thing is. You so the funny thing is, listen, yeah. she doesn't have a permit for this. So you see the irony here? Oh, yeah, I do see the irony. Yeah, but do you see the problem that she just caused for herself? She's done now. She was just exposed. Like the New York Times is just ripping her in an editorial about the irony. Breaking. A former employee told me that Italis sold over one million worth of cannabis products without a proper permit. They often joked about being illegal drug dealers. Like, this lady now is going to have, she could have the feds knocking on her freaking door. Oh, for door. sure. Well, oh, the, just the feds. You, th- you brought up a great point. You're the most successful edible for dogs person there. Think about the money that you made off the books. Well, now people know she made a million dollars. People are going to be like, holy another, shit. Another like, thing. Well, where's this money going, lady? Another thing is when you're dealing with edibles, they're one of the, they're a very gray area, too. Like That's a, that's another thing. Yeah, and like, I'm, pro, I'm pro marijuana, so, but so I, I, I advocate people do not do edibles. Oh, or know what you're doing I before always you do tell people. Like, yeah, be careful. Oh, should edibles. I eat this chocolate bar? No, 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 no you should Be shouldn't. very careful. No, 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 you should. Yes. It's, it's the edibles but we're, we're in a day and age now in which if you act like a jackass in public, it's going to be, um, it's amazing that I've never been uh, out of yet. I can, I can be taken out of context in a lot of ways in public. No, so, no, I'll be honest no, with no, you, though. No, I'm, not... just, I'm just going to defend you for a sec. Like, when we went to the, the, to the, the football game, and you saw the traffic cop that was basically, I've got to give you credit, like that you had great eyes there. And the guy did give us attitude. We put down the beers. Uh, okay, we'll still get to won. that story yeah, after. Actually, actually that, no, what, we'll, yeah, we'll put that one on hold. You permit Patty. But anyway, this chick. Yeah, we'll get got, to that story. That guy. Chick, that guy's a dick, and I saw him again today. I actually. He's always at my stop. Are you kidding me? Yeah. He, really, he's there yeah, all the and time. And he is with his buddies on his bike this time. Special officer. <laughs> Special officer. Yeah. You're some loser that couldn't join the real force. So Trust instead, me, you, harass, you yeah. harass old ladies to see if yeah. their bus passes expired yeah. or not. My dad's in the hospital. That's the guy who gives us tickets. Like, yeah, we'll get, we'll get to that guy after. Well, we I actually want to file a complaint against them. I, I would like that, Marenzi. I'd like to I'd be a part of it. I'd like to tell the Toronto Argonaut football team um, that the Go Train Goon Squad is trying to shake down their fans, basically. And it leaves a negative impression it in does. their game. And the fact that your team sucks as hard as they do. Brutal game. You don't want to be give, get tickets. So, anyways, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. So, so, this lady here, her name's Allison Attell. I don't know how she got the uh, permit patty hashtag. Um, so uh, she's the CEO of a weed dispensary called uh, Treatwell Tinctures. Calls the police on an eight-year-old girl for selling water. Like it's just the irony of this chick. So listen, I don't. I'm not calling her a racist. I think that's. She says that it wasn't because the girl was black, and I'm actually. I don't know. Maybe I'm naive in this and semi-believing her. I think she just did this because, as I stated, she's uh, she's itchy. It's amazing. Even when I say the word itch, I, I got a scratch. Said, you just got a scratch that itch. Yeah, yeah. Scratch that itch. Know what the thing is, though? 
I, I'm going to say. Okay, hold on. Knows, are you, are you there? Are you there, Florio? All hey, right. Florio. All right. All right. Good job, Florio. Good job. All right. Here you go, Florio. Here, check this. Let's just play it. Let's let everyone. Uh, let's just uh, play it. All right. So. All right. We've got yeah. two. We got two clips. So first, we'll play the. Uh, we'll play the clip of. All right, sorry, sorry. Okay, hold on. So first, this yeah. is the clip of her, and uh, then we'll play the uh, the clip of her crying today on the news. Okay. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Mike. This woman don't want to let a little girl sell some water. She calling police on an eight-year-old little girl. You can hide all you want. The whole world going to see you, boo. Yeah, and um, illegally selling water without a permit? Yeah. On my property. It's not your property. <laughs> yeah, illegally selling water without a permit? <laughs> You sell weed to dogs. <laughs> you sell weed to dogs. Do you have a permit for that, Patty? All right. So uh, uh, now, now, Patty's, uh, uh, Patty's. Uh, <laughs> I like this one. The dog. <laughs> well, no, no, no. The there's a bunch of dogs that lost their weed connection. I know. Hello, this is your dog. A bunch of dogs lost uh, lost their weed. Weed. <laughs> Yeah, the dogs are going to get hurt now. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, now, like, uh, we'll hear her uh, today. Uh, this, so now this is her. Uh, <laughs> this is her. Uh, First of all, I didn't even. Yeah, okay, go ahead, Mike. It was never a racial issue, ever. First of all, I didn't even know who was the one doing the shouting. I couldn't see. All I could hear was the shouting. I had no idea who it was. How could it have been race-related? She says the backlash from this video has been painful. I have gotten so much hate mail. I am getting continuously text messages with all kinds of threats. Horrible. Horrible images. And death threats. Allison Edel says she's not proud of how she handled the situation, and if she had to do it over again, she would have gone for a walk instead of confronting her neighbor. Now, she also says it was Jordan's mother that told her to call police and ask about permits, which she did. Now, we have reached out to San Francisco police to confirm that call and the nature of it, but have still not received a response. Marianne Favreau, yeah. NBC. Because cops in San Francisco have nothing better to do than respond to eight-year-olds selling water on the street. I know what I say to that eight-year-old? Kudos to you for being an entrepreneur and selling water on the street and actually trying to make money that way. I used to do it with golf balls in the river. There used to be lemonade stands. And now there's people like Permit Patty that can't. So a kid's doing something honestly. Like, you know what I mean? On a nice hot day, I can go buy a bottle of water from a kid. And instead, no, I have no sympathy for you, lady. You're an absolute idiot. And if you just minded your own business and actually a normal person would say, good on you, kid, for selling water, you'd still have your marijuana dog business. Now you reap what you you're so you're screwed. You're screwed financially. You're done. Yeah, because all the weed shops, it's, oh, yeah, they all dropped her. Exactly. They don't want to be associated with a goon like that. And uh, the little girl that was selling water, she was doing it to go to Disney. Yes, exactly. Raising money. So now people, uh, people are going to send her to Disney. Yeah, no, that's, well, that's the way the world works now. That's it. It's an extreme world that we're in, man. It's you, true. you freak out and uh, you do something. So now she, yeah, she's going to lose. She's going to lose her business. She won't lose her business. It's going to be a problem for her. You're going to have to change the name of your company there, Patty. Yeah, she <laughs> That's great what you're going to have to do. She's got to get somebody who's you can not still sell the yeah, treats, yeah, but yeah. you're going to have to, like, 
get a new name for it or get a, someone else. Yeah. Do you have a dude who's a figurehead like that is not near you, doesn't look like Yeah, you got to get somebody away from you, not family related, related or whatever, and then yeah, distance yourself. She's got to distance herself from it. Because if she comes, do you know what I mean? Don't put your name in the ownership and stuff, and then work work some deals later on. <laughs> no, she really screwed herself up. Good, you said it, Marenzi. What an irony, right? Just to stop a kid from selling water could cost. And and you talk about it. This is in the beginning. The dogs with the edibles. What about all the money she's made prior? We talk about the feds. They don't like when people don't pay taxes. Yeah, Jeff That's Sessions like, ah, is gonna hear oh, this. Oh, he's gonna go wild. What? They're hey, selling what? marijuana what? to dogs? dogs now. I told you it was a gateway <laughs> drug. Next thing we know, dogs are gonna be doing heroin. <laughs> My dog's hooked on opiates. I saw a bunch of dogs panhandling <laughs> for their drug money. <laughs> hey, he's back. Yeah, see, there's dogs parked. Yeah, yeah hey, why? Because he can't Patty, get his weed out of both dogs. Sorry, pal. Patty's out of business. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Butch. <laughs> see, yeah, dogs, dogs, dogs are barking all over North America now. They're, 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 they've got word. They're like, what? The edible chick got busted. <laughs> Don't worry, no, oh, somebody's going to yeah. step into this oh, yeah. market There's, soon oh, enough. Big time. Somebody, somebody's going to step up into this market. That's what, yeah, no, I was actually reading uh, some of your tweets and some of the listener tweets. The thing it's, is, it's though, amazing. See, the, don't, sorry, Gabe, to interrupt, but the marijuana market is just going to be involved with a lot more creeps now. Because, you know, once it's going to be Well, I, it's funny you say that. Gosh. You know, these other guys. Who regular. Are used to be, yeah, they're used to be against it. They're like, ooh, I can make money off it. And I've already seen it thing. now. I've already seen it now. Because I tweeted, I said, it's sad yeah. to see somebody involved in the marijuana industry is this uptight. Mm. And um, our boy Darsh uh, in Vancouver responded, yeah. good answer. And he basically stated, the face of the new drug dealer. Yep. You know, the soccer mom that can bake. Cutting yeah. into the industry. Exactly. Uh, here. But uh, one thing I want to bring up, and I always say I don't want to get political. I'm not going to get political. But it's funny because if this was a MAGA chick, then it would be blowing up. All right? It would be. And you, you already see Trump's America attached to her. Yeah. Uh, Trump Trump voter, etc. Well, I know it doesn't go with the narrative, people. And I tweeted, it's funny because I tweeted the picture out and nobody, nobody bid on it because it doesn't go with the narrative that they want. But she's actually a Hillary Clinton supporter. Really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of irony in this one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, she's actually a Hillary Clinton supporter who is kind of itchy. Yeah. <laughs> so, the whole moral. No, like she's like a Hillary. Yeah. Exactly. That's the, the type of the thing. Whole... This is like what Hillary. I Trust me. You don't picture Hillary Clinton. If Hillary Clinton was a 30-year-old living in San Francisco and there was a chick selling bottled water outside her window, Hillary would be doing the same thing. Do you have a permit for that? I'm going to call. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just want to throw that out there. She's not a Trump uh, voter. She's a Hillary supporter. supporter. But I guarantee you, if the media... And listen, I'm not I'm not advocating the other side either. I think that you know, whatever. I hate everybody. So, right? I'm just I'm just stating. I'm not, opportunity I'm not on either team here. Yeah, all right. Exactly. I'm not on either team here. I'm just stating that if it was the other way around, it'd be killing it right now. If this chick had a MAGA hat on or something and she was doing this, they'd be freaking out. Oh, but I know. They don't. And if there was pictures of her like supporting Trump. It'd be the media would be Don Lemon would be all over oh, this. I know. Oh yeah, oh, like they already got. You'd be the squeezing it. You <laughs> squeeze know what I mean? You'd be squeezing the lemon, man. You'd be squeezing it. 
but since it's a Hillary supporter, yeah, it doesn't yeah. fit the narrative. So it's so it's true. not. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, she's actually a liberal. You know what, Gabe? I always tell people this: liberals are racist. All right, yeah, like they're, 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 at least the, the people on the right have always said this. It'll be the last little political to take here, but people on the right will tell you what they want to do. Yep. They'll tell you, yeah, we want to build a wall. We don't like you. We don't like foreigners. We don't like. They're honest about it. We don't like poor people. We don't like this. We don't like that. The people on the left will smile at you, but in all actuality, they don't like the same things. You know what I mean? Yeah, they'll take your money with a smile. Yeah, like they're both hustlers, but at least one of them is sort of a little bit more upfront. Yes, we're ripping you off. I'd rather the guy (laughs) tell me he's ripping me off before somebody tricking me and ripping me off. Yes. And the moral of the story is two people. Gabe brought up the point about itchy, bitchy, whatever. When a little girl's selling water, don't, like, buy the water. Like, or, 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 or just walk past the stand and say, I appreciate good commerce or whatever in today's society. Because, you know what? I love kids that do that stuff, like outside the beer store with the chocolates and whatever. They're try- they're hustling to try to get to a tournament. They're hustling to try to make money for something. That's what they're doing. And I used to be a kid doing it. I sat outside in the winter selling shilling crappy almonds to these people, all drunks outside the beer store. You know, go to the bar. Hey, you got a couple bucks on you, Barney? Can Help me out. Get my team to Michigan this year. Well, does anybody have a freaking permit for a garage sale? Yeah, exactly. What? Are you- That's another great point. It's a garage sale, right? Like what? It, the thing is, I don't a, want to say it's racist, but the problem is there's been a comment, a lot of this, right? There's a lot of videos of white people calling the cops over stupid yeah, things. exactly. There was a lady in Oakland that uh, went, up to, uh, went up to a family that was barbecuing. They were black, went to barbecuing in a park. She goes, do you have a permit for this? They were just in a park, like a yeah, public yeah. park. Some lady went up to them, do you have a permit to barbecue? She called the cops. She called the cops. So you know what happened the next day? Like 5,000 uh, 5, people showed up and barbecued yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah. I don't know. Well, like, if you want to be a racist dick, yeah, you're going to get nailed. Look yeah. at the lawyer in New York, man. Like, it's amazing to me, though. And I don't know. Like, you can't blame Trump for everything in this world. Like, people are just, you know. There's, and there's another thing, too, a misconception I want to say, throw out there, too is white people are getting ripped because of this today. Oh, white people, this. See, this is what white people do. As a white person right now, I will tell you, all right, it's not like we white people are some sort of little clique. That, no. Like, no, white people that don't we, like we white all people. help each other. No, we right? don't. Like I said, like, this lady just could be a bitch. I got to tell all you, right? a lot of white people don't help us. There's, my building is full of white people who are... Don't like you. Yeah, all right? And they're not racist because no. they don't like me. They're no. just... You know, for a lack of a better term, they're itchy. They're itchy. <laughs> <laughs> okay? Lots of itchiness so, in yeah. the studio. Not, not everybody that is itchy, not everyone that's itchy in this world is racist. Yes. That's all I'm saying. All right? White people are mean to each other all the time. Oh, you're telling me. It's like, you know, it's like people it, like think that, shake, oh, white people, like, there's some secret uh, code. They shake down. Trust gi- me, there's no secret no, code. They shake down Ginger's heart. We're like the stepchildren of uh, white people. I get along better with non-white people, yeah. to be honest with good, you. Good points, Moretti. <laughs> like, good points. Like, trust me, I don't like white people as much as the next guy. <laughs> Especially white chicks. Yeah. They can be mean. All right.
Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Yeah, I never thought I'd have a chance to hook up with Heather Locklear, but now that she's like batshit crazy, man. You got a real good chance now. Yeah. You could be her pen pal. Like I said, I thought that she was just, uh, I don't know, I saw a picture of a mugshot of her, but she has like, there's a million mugshots in her. So, she was arrested again. Heather Locklear arrested again Sunday night for an incident where she kicked a police officer. I thought she punched him in the face. Yeah. Police were called to the uh, Melrose Place Stars Thousand Oaks California home. After she got into a dispute with an unnamed people, authorities reported Locklear was heavily intoxicated. She said she kicked an officer who tried to intervene in the leg. Police then called for an ambulance, take her to the hospital. When she was being placed onto a gurney, she kicked an EMT in the chest. Man, she's out of control. She's, she's feisty. She is 56. She was charged with battery. So I was just saying about white uh, white chicks. White chicks are generally boring. Heather Locklear is not boring. I like uh, your style, Heather. Yeah, she's not. Her bail was set at twenty thousand dollars, which she posted. Uh, she got the money. Here it is. The arrest comes uh, four months after Locklear was booked on suspicion of domestic violence, as well as three counts of battery on an emergency personnel. Yeah. Like, what's your deal, Heather? Stop beating up uh, amb- like they're good people. EMTs. They're just trying to help. Yeah, you. yeah. They're trying like, to keep you. They're trying to keep you alive or get your your rhythms back. Like you know what I mean? They're trying to get you. Those on those the right are side people. The EMTs are people that uh, save lives. They don't get enough credit. Like, no, they don't. Uh, and they also deal with people like think about a drug addict with bleed, like with blood yeah. and stuff. They got to be around Dude. people where they can risk their own lives to save all the time. I know you well, buddy. You wouldn't deal well with these scenes. Imagine like you got to drive, show up at a scene, yeah, yeah, stabbing, <laughs> shooting. Actually, blood. I could. You know me. I'm the opposite of that. I, I have no fear of. You're going to be jumping in, sticking your hand in the guy's gut. All yeah. right, all right, it's Johnny, yeah, you're going to no. be okay. I'm bad in other areas, Marenzi, but like I remember in like even in high school, like dissecting things and blood. Like I was always at the front. I got no problem because you want to eat it. <laughs> what frogs legs? Yeah. <laughs> Did you eat the frog? No, he's covered in formaldehyde. I can't. You can't eat him. You'll die. Still, did you think about it? I I do like frog legs. I'm not gonna lie. They're a tasty dish. Wish they were a little thicker though. Too bony. Too bony. You're right about back shit crazy though with Heather Locklear, man. Uh, my buddy dated a chick for a while too, Gabe, and she was like ki- kind of like same similar uh, characteristics. He woke up one day like in the middle of the night after having sex with her, and she started throwing glasses like smash like at the wall, like he's dodging, missing, whatever, just because he was leaving after sex. Like it's uh, you got to be careful out there who you choose to fornicate with. <laughs> just a tip. Gary Sanchez. <laughs> oh, yeah, Gary. Yeah, it's good segue. Yeah. Gary Sanchez. Oh, my groin. Ah, oh, my groin. Football in the groin. Groin injury, yeah. Baseball football in the, the football in the groin nominated for best picture. Ah, <laughs> oh, starring George C. Scott. <laughs> it was the best. <laughs> first it was Hans Moeller, but yes. then they went Hollywood. First it was a little Hans. Oh, my groin. I enjoyed that. And then they raised it up like <laughs> the George C. Scott at the end. And the best film of the year is George C. Scott. Ah, oh, my groin. Ah, oh, my groin. <laughs> 
So, yeah, Gary Sanchez out, groin injury, three to four weeks. Ooh, Must be some groin injury that's right lot, there. That's a bad groin. So, in other words, he scratched for tonight. Is a DFS scratch for yeah. you? <laughs> I don't have him. In my, I don't have him in my lineup anyway. All right, uh, who wants to go to a World Series game? Me. All right, unless you want to sell bottled water on the street and have peppermint uh, patty, permit patty. Um, see, that's the thing too. Right? It's like she gives chicks name uh, patty. Like, what did patty ever do? It's like the peppermint patty thing because peppermint patty was just such a, uh, you know, peppermint patty. The name patty. Not a great. Um, saying it's not a great name. Well, I'm saying now. Like, oh, now you don't want to be Patty because of this chick. Yeah, but her name's not even Patty. Why do they call her Patty? I know. So that's what I'm saying. It, we're unfairly smearing woman named Patty. That's what I'm getting at. They like it because for the simple headline, permit, permit Patty. Exactly. Permit Patty. That's the way they do things now. So her name's Allison. Yeah. Asshole Allison. <laughs> That's a good hashtag. Anal Allison. That's, well, that's she was very good. anal in what she did. That's very good. Anal Allison. See? There you go. I come up with them right here. Anal Alley. Anal Alley. Now we got, now it yeah, sounds like a go. movie. It sure does. All right, so yeah. um, <laughs> I was going to read this what? segment. Maybe now I shouldn't, actually. Now I, I, I won't associate with these So fun. what do we do? I I'll, I'll wait a couple of minutes. I approach the stripper, stripper selling bottled water, and uh-oh, here comes hijinks. Anal Alley. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to read this uh, this plug, but I'll wait a couple of minutes now just to distance ourselves from the come, you know. We can't go from anal alley. Oh, I, I know, you, I know, yeah. but it was good, though. It was yeah, well, yeah. Good. Thanks, buddy. Oh, you brought up a good point, Tim. It's, yeah, it's just, we'll, get, we'll give it some time to breathe. I don't know, man. There's not a whole hell of a lot going on in the sports world right now. It's oh, sort of the calm before the storm in the NBA. Yeah, and then, uh, we, well, there's a lot of baseball going on. World Cup's going to be going on. There's baseball going on right now. Yeah, there is. Are you on? Uh, are you on Oakland or Detroit? No. Nah. See, a lot of these. It's four-one for the Detroit Tigers in the eighth inning. Didn't touch that game. It's one nothing uh, for KC right now. I was actually looking at KC as a dog. Didn't They're in the, the sixth. Trigger. Didn't pull the trigger. We'll talk some baseball with uh, with Drew Dinkmeyer. We have uh, the Yankees and the Phillies uh, tonight. Seattle and Baltimore, Pittsburgh and the Mets, Washington and Tampa, mm. Arizona and Florida. We haven't done a market watch in a little while. Might be a good spot. There's a lot of really small favorites tonight, like that. That look really good from a DFS perspective too, with their players. Like a lot like of good Molly. pitching. There's a lot of good pitching spots tonight. Yeah. A lot of guys that are in a seven, eight thousand dollar range. Exactly. That, that, that you could, could give, a chance. Yeah, I that agree. Could give you some value, like, like Lugo tonight with the Mets. Yeah, I, think. I looked at Lugo. I looked at Lugo. Lugo at home's real good. I think there's a lot of guys too. And, and, no, and there's and you look at Texas. Like he's minus one forty, and then uh, Fulte's minus one forty five. Maley for Cincinnati is a train wreck. There, uh, he usually gets rocked pretty nah, hard. Nah, nah, he's been a little better, Cam. Uh, I don't know about that. He, the, 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 the Braves better. The Braves bats actually set up very, very tantalizingly. You are aware that the Cincinnati Reds are also seven and zero in their last seven games. I'm, I'm the Cam's Reds. I I follow, I follow them. Like they swept the Cubs. I know Gabe. But Listen, I'm, I'm, this, I'm just saying this guy pitching in in Atlanta. Atlanta's bats just set up. A, it's a it's a recipe for a lot a lot of good things tonight for the Braves. The Reds have won five straight games with uh, Male on the hill. They've won five of his last six games away uh, away from home as well. Hmm. Uh, just a little, a couple oh, of. Oh, you're bringing uh, some tidbits. Yep. <laughs> a couple of tidbits. Yeah, they're they're facts. At, they're looking at Atlanta. <laughs> they're not tidbits. Yeah. They're facts. They're facts. They're facts. The Cincinnati Reds are four and zero in their last uh, four games against right-handed uh, pitchers. Fulte is on the hill 
uh, for the Atlanta Braves. You know, they're just uh, six and fifteen the last twenty-one times uh, he started, and uh, the Atlanta Braves are zero and four in Fulte's last four starts against National League Central teams. Wow. One of the more impressive and crazy. Listen, you're going to get these crazy. Uh, That's all the. Uh, you're going to get these crazy runs and streaks in the baseball season. But an interesting one right now is the state of Ohio, as the Cincinnati Reds and the Cleveland mm-hmm. Indians are both seven and zero in their last seven games, wow. which results in a fourteen and zero Ohio run. So, in other words, bookies in Ohio oh, right now—they're getting beat down, especially guys like especially in the Cincy middle. Guys, like, no, especially guys in the middle, Cam. Why, especially? Oh, because of the odds. Dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it makes the Cleveland guys make up for it because Cleveland, uh, Cleveland lose a lot of money. Yes. They're money burners, but bookies in the middle will get a worse. Guys that bet on both. <laughs> if you're in Cincinnati, yeah. maybe guys are only betting the Reds games. You know I mean, or maybe yeah. in Cleveland, you're only betting the Indians games. Some guy right smack dab in the middle of the state. He buy, he does both. Yeah, he's not a fan of either. He's just betting them both. Yeah, like Donnie Dayton, like guy from yeah, Dayton. Don, Donnie Dayton. Don, Don Dayton from Dayton, Ohio is like, I'm going to throw it down on the Reds, and I'm going to throw it down on Cleveland, and now he's 14 and 0. Yeah, 14 and 0 run. Man, this is unbelievable. I should just be betting against this team every day. The Kansas City Royals in their last 19 games. You know how many games they've won? One. Two. Two. Yeah. They're 2-17 and 17 in their last 19 games. San Diego Padres are now 1-7 in their last eight games. They're struggling. And uh, the Texas Rangers are actually hitting the baseball. They're 7-1 and one in their last eight uh, baseball games. I like Texas tonight. As far as some total streaks uh, are concerned, if you remember, last week we were talking about the Chicago White Sox, and the White Sox were up to like 15-1-1 to the under in a 17-game run. Well, it's swung the other way now, Cam. The White Sox are now 6-0 and to the over in their last six games. Things change quick with these trends. Baltimore now 5-2 and to the over in their last uh, seven games. The New York Mets, despite the fact that there's always talk about how they can't hit the baseball, they're actually 5-2 and to the over in their last seven. Um, the biggest under uh, runs in the game right now, and there's a couple of big ones. The Oakland Athletics, 11-1 and to the under in their last 12 baseball games. The Tampa Bay Rays, 10-2 and to the under in their last 12 games. Which is really crazy with their pitching experiment, too, because they roll out these guys, like, you know, and they only go a couple innings, but True. T- they tend to do well, so it just tells you that the mop-up guys that they have for Tampa Bay are doing pretty good, and also they're not really hitting the cover off the baseball. A couple factors. Now there. let's check in uh, with the Atkins uh, diet uh, trends of the day. I know you're always a fan uh, of these. The Rangers are 11-0 straight up as a favorite in the first game of a series when they were shut out yesterday. Texas has won these games by 11 games by an average of 6.09 runs while scoring an average of 8.9 runs per game. I need Texas. I said it a little fast. (laughs) I need Texas hard. All right, so let's slow down here. The Rangers are 11-0 as a favorite in the first game of a series. If they were shut out the day before, they have won. So the 11 games, they've won by an average of 6.9. 6.09 runs while scoring an average of 8.91 runs per game. Yeah. I have some... uh, So what are you saying? You said you're in a lot of trouble if Texas doesn't win tonight? No, no, I'm not in a lot of trouble. I I need Texas to win tonight due to uh, the survivor pool that I'm in with Billy the Doorman. We got it down to 17 people now. 
they're started at 510 teams, and we, now we're getting to the nitty gritty. We had to take Texas. Luchesi's not very good. We really need Texas, but it, it's a weak pool. Like we go and through Cole all the Hamels. Games of the week. Cole, Cole Hamels, Hamels isn't what he that. used to be, but he's still good. I agree. I agree. I, th- I like Texas minus 140 in this spot. So do I, Gabe. It's on the card, and I also have uh, some ownership of some Texas players from a DFS perspective too. The Pittsburgh Pirates are 0 and 15 straight up in the first game of a series with no rest when they are off a home series, and the, and the line is within 20 cents of a pick'em. Well, it's 115 right now, and <laughs> and their opponent has a worse record. Mets. Oh, that's a weird one. So the Pirates are 0 and 15 straight up in the first game of a series. With no rest, when they're off a home, coming from home, and the line is within 20 cents of a pick'em, and it is Seth Lugo on the hill tonight, who's very, very good at home. Minus 105, Pittsburgh laying 15 cents yard. Now, I've lost money playing these trends a couple of times, out of just blind faith and saying, yeah. "Oh, well, it's 15 and 0," but I actually like the Rangers, and I actually like the Mets tonight. I think the Mets are worth a look, too. The Baltimore Orioles are 0-11 straight up as a home underdog after Chris Davis was hitless. <laughs> that must be like every day. That's yes, exactly. <laughs> the, what? the Orioles are 0-11 straight up as a home dog after Chris Davis was hitless in at least three at-bats. Baltimore lost all but one of these games by multiple runs, and they were 0-7 straight up in this spot this season. Interesting. I actually do like Seattle here. Cashner's a gas can. Yeah, I was looking at Seattle. I, I'm going to tell you something, Gabe. I did two baseball uh, lineups. King Felix is uh, one of my pitchers, actually, and I know it's a very high-risk, high-reward. No, I like where you're going. Yeah, but he's only $7,000 in like this, uh, Baltimore. Then. The Seattle Mariners are 13-0 straight up when Felix Hernandez starts as a favorite when they lost both his last start and his last start against the current opponent. In the two occurrences uh, this season, the Mariners won the baseball games 8-3 and 9-5. Some interesting trends of the day today. That uh, See, I always say this, Kev. Trends are like um, are like polls for politicians. You can make them what they sound if really good. If a politician good. doesn't like the poll, he can say, that nah, newspaper sucks. It's never been right ever. If the trend, I do it all the time in the NFL during the year. I'll see a trend. Yeah. And I'll really like a game, and I'll see this crazy trend against it. I'm like, nah, I don't care. That's just a dumb trend. Yes. And if I like the game, I'll totally use the oh, trend. As, yeah, I mean, and it's 13 and all. I'll be like, oh, you know, look. Like, You're right. Like, but we use trends sort of like it's like the truth opinion. and the truth. Yes, it is. The truth. And the truth. And the truth. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and the trend. You can manipulate it any way you want. But when, yeah, you, like, right. when you like the trend, then you like it. Yeah, yeah. some trends. But I, I actually it. like all these games. I like Texas to win this baseball game tonight. I like the New York Mets to win this baseball game tonight. Uh, I like uh, the Seattle Mariners to win that baseball game tonight. No, I like tonight. And the show. It's over. There's the winners. Oh, no, wait. We got Dinkmeyer coming up. He can give us more winners. I like uh, I, I like the Dodgers tonight. I know it's 65 cents. I want to put in a parlay. This guy, I'm going to talk to Dinkmeyer about it, but this Underwood guy going for the Cubs, Guy's got a strikeout rate of like 19% in the minor leagues game. Sure, he throws smoke, but it doesn't move. And the Dodgers at home, I think it's a good spot. So the Cubs can go for a power outage. What do you think of uh, Verlander and Hap tonight? I hate to say it, but uh, Blue Jay, I don't know. Hap, Hap wins Hap's games. Good, man. The Blue Jays win when he pitches. I'd say I, I kind of like the under at seven, but uh, uh, you don't want to. It's very low, very low, very low. I, I really want to take Hap at plus 190. 
You can get them at plus one and a half, minus 110. I almost want to take the Cincinnati Reds at plus 125, but I know it's going to uh, hurt me. They're 7-0. and Are they really going to win eight in a row? Maybe. You got Snell on the hill tonight. I love Snell tonight. Snell's like teen spirit. Snell's like a winner. I like Snell laying 25 cents against Geo. Blame you just hate Geo. I have nothing against Geo. I know you, you you say this every time. Yeah. I went on a rant about Gio Gonzalez. He's know. actually not that bad. I just like. I think you might be like peppermint uh, hey, by peppermint. Well, I got a problem with Gio Gonzalez. Yeah, you got a problem with Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. No, I like Snell tonight. Minus one twenty-five. You're always picking on Gio Gonzalez. You're like, oh, Gio's on the hill. Oh, I just tend to like him when he's not there. There's a couple other guys I like here. You know. Uh, hey, Felix Hernandez is on my betting card tonight. Don't call me a racist baseball gambler. <laughs> He's Venezuelan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's Venezuelan. I think he's oh, yeah, oh. Four four Tigers. Tigers were up four one. Oh, here come the A's. The A's just put a three See? spot up four so four. So there goes that trend again. So that went just from the under to the over in one swing of the bat. Because now it's at four four eight and the total's eight and a half. Gotta be nine with a four four tie. Correct, correct. Which trend? The Oakland trend about the unders recently. Well, the game just oh, went that's, over. That, that's correct. So yep. I'm telling you, hey, Cougar, your poll sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, then My there's, son says your poll sucks. Then there's the other, uh, there's the other angle of this that yeah. uh, people could say, well, people, they put out these trends to make you uh, bet them. Yes, yeah, they do. When they know it's going to lose. Correct. Hey, listen, uh, I'm with the belief it's sort of like the Reds. If they've won if they've won seven in a row, feel a day late, dollar short to jump on them tonight. Good point. 